0: supposed to say, too. Welcome back to the Closet Socialist Podcast. Uh, My name's Anthony.
1: And I'm Jake. Uh,
0: Today we thought we'd start off by talking about one of the big endorsements that happened this week. Uh, Well, really two big endorsements that happened this week. Uh, Starting uh, three days ago, we had Barack Obama endorsing Joe Biden for president which was something that I thought, I thought that was definitely going to come sooner. Um, But what I thought was extra odd, though, was Bernie Sanders endorsed Joe Biden on Monday versus Barack Obama endorsing him on Tuesday.
1: So here's, here's what I think on it. I think that there are significantly less Barack Obama previous Barack Obama voters that you need to convince to vote for Joe Biden Mm -hmm. than there are Bernie Sanders voters that you're going to have to convince to vote Joe Biden. So I think Obama Obama was supposed to be like the big cap, right? Okay. Like Obama is the big voice in the Democratic Party. He'll be the last one. He's kind of you know the silver lining on everything. He's that he's that last guy. That's got to go because he's going to try and rally the troops. Mm-hmm. So I think that what the the Democratic Party was thinking was get Bernie to submit. After he submits, get him to endorse, which we can get into later. But Bernie Sanders called all of his supporters that aren't voting for Joe Biden irresponsible on television. Mm. And it's caused a major split and uh, a lot of hashtags on Twitter that are calling – for or that, people are basically denouncing Bernie Sanders on the left, mm-hmm. which is which is really quite interesting. I, I never would have saw this coming, um, but uh, get Bernie Sanders to submit, have him endorse, have him say, "Look, I know that you're upset, but we got to vote Joe Biden because we need to beat Donald Trump," mm-hmm. um, and basically him, you know, saying that he's going to be helping Joe with the campaign, which we all know he's not. Bernie's going to have no say whatsoever in Joe's policies. Joe's not going to do uh, Medicare for all. Joe's not going to eliminate student debt. He's not going to create a living wage. He's going to do weird Joe Biden things and touch people in dark rooms. Um, but he, you know, it. <clears throat> what I, I think it really comes down to is Bernie needed to endorse first, and then after Bernie endorsed, and they told Bernie, "Shut down your Bernie Bros online, or actively denounce your Bernie Bros online." Um, they brought in the big gun and you have Obama coming in and Obama speaks so beautifully and so eloquently. And after you hear just a short snippet of this clip that we're going to play for you from Barack Obama, all of you are going to be like, wow. And even you said it like, why didn't Joe Biden say this? Why didn't he say any of this? But the thing is, <clears throat> is that Obama is a great politician, better than anybody that we've seen better than any politician that, that I think, and I've studied history I Better than any politician I've ever seen since since Kennedy.
0: For a Democrat. For a Democrat, yeah. Because the Democrats keep running like shit candidates yes. year after year. Oh,
1: yeah. Hashtag Moscow Mitch.
0: Well, I'd I, like... Paul sorry. Ryan. I think of... Um, I mean, aside from Barack Obama, the last decent candidate they ran was Bill Clinton. I mean, he was like universally loved. Yes. And then, you know, here he is taking the presidency. But, but again,
1: another Bill Clinton, a lot like Barack Obama, knew how to speak so fluently mm-hmm. and could convince, you know, could convince a, a fish that it could climb a tree. Yeah. Right? And we all know that fish can't climb trees, but if Bill Clinton would be like, hey, fish, I like you. You're gold. You all know those gold pots at the end of rainbows. If you climb up this tree, you can do it. But it's yeah. like, you know, like he he's he's so good at getting you to try and feel good about yourself or to, you know, make you feel hope. Um, and obviously, Bill Clinton's track record was significantly different than the way he spoke. But uh, Obama, too, is just, is just phenomenal at it. And I, and I really think that's what the strategy was. If Bernie Sanders wasn't going to sweep up the young people to come in, Barack Obama, who is this young person, millennial icon in 2008, 2012, had to have been the person to try and get people to come out and vote for him. And I'm sure Obama's going to be more vocal as as this election starts moving forward, mm-hmm. um, if not more vocal than, than somebody like Bernie Sanders, uh, just because... He, he knows how to speak to people. And that's that's ultimately what it comes down to. And I, I really think that Obama needed to be the last one to speak so it's stuck with people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Try and convince those last those last remaining Democrats who were kind of like, yeah, I'm really disappointed about Bernie. I, I don't like Joe Biden. Barack, you don't like Joe Biden. Who likes him? And so Obama was going to come out and just... It, closing statement. You need to vote Joe Biden because... You know, it's like I was telling you before, Barack Obama's kind of come out on stage and be like, Oh, remember 2008, 2012? Great years. Phenomenal time. Just imagining me whispering sweet nothings into your ear while I rail you from behind. But I want you to, uh, I want you to imagine Joe Biden is doing the same to you, but you're thinking of me the whole time. And it's like he, you know, trying to get that Obama nostalgia to get us to vote for Joe.
0: Yeah. Can I throw out a quick theory? Yes. Real quick? Yeah. Uh, I think Obama spoke last because after Bernie endorsed Joe they said hey Barack, withhold your endorsement until Bernie finally does what we want him to do. That way you don't have to look like the bad guy for endorsing Joe mm. too early. So that way he can kind of save face. I really think this is all a save face maneuver so Obama can still come off as this, like, non-threatening, very progressive face. And, you know, honestly, as a person, I liked Barack Obama. I enjoyed him being president. I didn't feel scared at any point.
1: I got to see him speak for my convocation at Rutgers University. Uh, He's—you feel a true connection to him when you hear him speak or when you see him in person. It is— the feeling was was unlike anything that I can describe. It was truly cathartic watching him speak and being in... I mean, I was in a stadium with him, but just being there and seeing... He, he's a phenomenal figure.
0: Mm-hmm. That, that's the thing. I think that's what gr- draws you to a great leader like that. You feel a personal connection. Someone like Donald Trump, someone like Joe Biden, I just don't have this connection to them. Like, yeah. they're, just, they're just very cold and off-putting to me. But Barack, I just like... You know, I could hang out with the guy. He seems yes. cool, you know? Uh, and, you know, while he was president, he did pass some very great things such as, you know, marriage equality, for example. The
1: the uh, Iran deal was phenomenal. And, you know, without Barack Obama, I, what people don't understand with the Iran deal was, was he, that was such a monumental moment in geopolitical politics that, that he, he was able to get back people in the United States who are being held hostage stop a uranium testing plant in Iran that was working on creating nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. And all of this cash payment that people thought that we were giving to Iran was money that we went into one of their accounts and stole from them and held it for ransom saying, stop doing your nuclear testing or we're just going to take the money. And then Iran said, okay, just give us the money back and we'll, stop the testing. And then the United States said, no, you're also going to give back any prisoner of wars that you have from the United States. So we got the best end of the deal and Iran stopped doing all nuclear tests and wasn't allowed to like even communicate with Israel. So, I mean, we, and he was the figurehead of that. Yeah. So I mean, he's
0: definitely done some good, I would say. So I'm not, I'm not like anti-Obama because I was a big Bernie supporter. Um, I'm anti-Joe Biden because I just find him creepy and i don't like his policies and honestly mm-hmm. i couldn't tell you what his policies are because they're just a jumbled mess whenever he tries to speak yes um but aside from that you know here's the clip we've been promising you know and i think it really highlights what a great speaker obama is and how he's very easily able to express his thoughts and opinions unlike who they're running right now which is joe biden yeah take it away from he has a, he inspired <laughs> especially in young people
2: Will be critical in moving america in a direction of progress and hope because for the second time in 12 years we'll have the incredible task of rebuilding our economy and to meet the moment the democratic party will have to be bold you know i could not be prouder of the incredible progress that we made together during my presidency but if i were running today i wouldn't run the same race or have the same platform as i did in 2008. the world is different there's too much unfinished business for us to just look backwards We have to look to the future. Bernie understands that, and Joe understands that. It's one of the reasons that Joe already has what is the most progressive platform of any major party nominee in history. Because even before the pandemic turned the world upside down, it was already clear that we needed real structural change. The vast inequalities created by the new economy are easier to see now, but they existed long before this pandemic hit. Health professionals, teachers, delivery drivers, Grocery clerks, cleaners, the people who truly make our economy run, they've always been essential. And for years, too many of the people who do the essential work of this country have been underpaid, financially stressed, and given too little support.
1: And, I mean, right there, how beautifully and eloquently he's able to talk about people who are in a downtrodden situation in the United States right now.
0: Mm.
1: Right? Like, he's, he's connecting with you. He makes you feel like he understands my problem. The issue that I have with him and the difference between a Barack Obama and a Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders can't talk like him. Bernie Sanders is is abrasive on a good day. Right? Fire and brimstone. Yes. Yeah. He, he, Old Testament. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he is Old Testament. Yeah, uh, Barack Obama is very... Uh, like, New Testament. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> the way he speaks though, it's, it's, om- and I'm, I'm saying this in a non-sexual fashion, but it's almost like sexy, right? Like okay. his, his politics are like new and exciting and he, he, appealing. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 he tells you those, you know, those, those like what he's saying sounds so great, but there's no substance to it.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Like. You were to, If you were to come to me with girl issues and you, you were to say, Jake, you know, I don't know what to do. What do you think I should do about this girl? And I was like, you know what? I think you should do what makes you happy. And I think that ultimately when it comes down to it, I know that sometimes people can be in bad relationship situations, but we're going to work on it together and we're going to do this together.
0: Okay.
1: And you'd be like, yeah, we are going to do it together. Right. We are going to do something, but we have we haven't laid out anything that we're going to do. And I haven't promised you anything, and that's what he's so brilliant at, and why I think that people get so frustrated with politic politicians like Joe Biden and Barack Obama, because Joe Biden would say the same thing as Barack, it wouldn't come off as as you know as brilliantly as as you know Barack Obama says it. Um, but it, what it, like it, nothing gets done. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he's not saying, you know, I he goes, I know that there are essential workers, teachers, grocery store workers, firefighters. These people are essential to the American economy, and they're feeling this pain. Mm. But what are you going to do about it? And all he says is the Democrats need to be bold.
0: Yeah. But to be fair, to his credit, you know, he's not the president anymore. There's nothing that he really can do. I mean, all he's really doing at this point is displaying this kind of ambiguous message that I think he's trying to get people to rally behind. And because there's a lot of safety and ambiguity. And again, he doesn't really have the power to do this stuff. I think he's just trying to get people on board with a central message so that they actually feel like they can, you know, realistically vote for Joe Biden.
1: But do you think so? I think we could both agree that this message here is really to help convince ex-Bernie supporters. I would say so. Right. Yeah.
0: I would think. Yeah. And also for a lot of people that, you know, they're not too hyped up to vote for Joe.
1: Yeah. So why. Now, if we were to take the Bernie supporter, the average Bernie supporter, young, 18 to 35. So that's me. Yeah. What. If you were to ask them, what is the number one quality that you are looking in a candidate for? And your options are uh, to restore normalcy to the White House policy, um, you know, uh, a good guy or unsure? What do you think the majority of young people are going to decide on?
0: I think young people would probably decide not for restoring normalcy. But probably option B.
1: Policy. Yeah. Policy. Now, with, with a video like this, when you're watching Barack Obama compliment which we didn't show in this clip but barack obama starts off the first minute minute and a half of this endorsement you know speaking wonderfully about bernie sanders yeah um which by the way the bernie sanders campaign i've been thinking about it over the last week was it's a phenomenal success a phenomenal success but um obama doesn't and and i don't want to blame him for it because i just think it's standard like corporate democrat type of feel yeah If you're trying to appeal to the Bernie Sanders supporter and they know that Bernie Sanders supporters like policy over people, Mm -hmm. why aren't you talking about policy? This would be a great time to drop that, you know, we are looking to do something bigger than the Affordable Health Care Act. Mm -hmm. We are looking to, um, you know, and don't even don't give promises give options. We are looking to eliminate or alleviate student loans in this country we want to increase the living wage in this country to a living wage Mm -hmm. you know we want to um we want to end wars overseas we want to restore peace to the united states and supply an equal opportunity for all people okay i would get behind that message i'd be great okay the discussion is open But when you give these ambiguous answers, at least somebody, somebody like me, somebody like you, it sounds great. You know, it's beautiful, but it's not, there's something missing, you know, like Mm -hmm. as a teacher, if my students were to come up with stuff like this, I'd be like, where's your citation? What's your evidence? How are you going to do that? How are you going to prove this? And they never give that. Bernie Sanders always did. Bernie Sanders was like, we're going to give people health care and we're going to eliminate student loans, always. And, yeah. y- and you knew what was going to happen. But these guys are just like, oh yeah, it would be really nice if we could, well, of course I want to make college more affordable. Well, how are you going to do that? Oh, well, we're going to do it. I got a lot of plans. I got a lot of plans. We're just going to, we're going to make it affordable for everybody. And you're like, oh, okay. But you know, nothing happens. And yeah. this, this, this affordability for, for school could just be, oh, we're going to extend your loan for another 10 years, but we're going to decrease it to four and a half percent of your paycheck rather than five. Yeah. You
0: know, Great. <laughs> yeah. Like what does it really do? You know, right. I think the other issue that we're highlighting here is, you know, and I, and what I think is interesting too, is if we go back to our discussion, we had comparing, you know, Bernie's website to Joe's website, Bernie's website was a lot of bullet points and it was like, all right, so we want to eliminate student debt bullet point underneath here's a little bit of how we're thinking of doing yeah. it and then you could read more if you wanted to and then here we have sort of like the more corporate democrat way of being like here's our big points we're not going to really tell you how you're going to do it but you're just going to to accept that yeah you know, just trust us right and it's like guys it's 2020 we're a skeptical society you got to give us more I just want to see some plans, like yeah. get us involved with it. And if you don't have plans, that's fine. But at least just tell us that you don't have any ideas. Yeah. Say we have some bigger goals, but we don't know how to get there. Maybe we can work together to do that. I'd be totally yeah,
1: with that. I would be. So if Joe Biden came out and this is honest to goodness, if Joe Biden came out and said, you know, I want to make student loans more affordable, but I don't know how to do it. You know, Bernie supporters, give me a recommendation of people who I should talk to to help create a plan that's going to make college more affordable for all people. Yeah. I'd be like, dude, that's a great idea. Yeah. Thank you for that. You know, I, why do I have to trust you, Joe Biden? You know, we're talking about a, a Democratic establishment that I still, like, I, I think they still believe that people get all of their news from television. Oof, God. And you know, it, it, you only can get so much from CNN and MSNBC. And I don't want to get into the Trump, you know, witch hunt of pointing at a at a news station and saying they're fake news. Other than Rachel Maddow, she's fake news. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Rachel, friend of the yeah, show. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so, um, you know, like. I, I just, I think that they don't understand that the majority of millennials and now these general Zers are getting all their information online mm-hmm. and there's so many different news outlets, regardless if you're looking at the beast or the hill or you're going, you, you know, you're finding these like off brand. I'm not sure what the third party term for a newspaper would be. That's yeah. a good question. You know, like the off Broadway versions, the off, off Broadway, yeah, the off,
0: off Broadway. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I think, and I think, some millennials and Gen Zers also getting their news from podcasts. Yeah, oh. like this one. Hey, shout out and to our
1: shout out to our, our uh, listeners in Portugal.
0: Yeah, our listeners are Portugal, Ireland. Yeah, and just a quick demographic shout out: uh, zero to seventeen years. Apparently, we have some listeners in that range. So, like, thank you, babies, for listening. <laughs> yeah, babies, uh, you fucking rock. Yeah,
1: thank you, thank you, Gen Zers. We appreciate you coming in and listening to millennials bitch about the world um not only that but our but our numbers for uh american viewers came up drastically this week
0: yeah we're like in oregon california like we're all we're all over over the the place place. we're getting those rookie numbers up so thank you to our listeners
1: also shameless plug our email address closet socialist podcast at gmail.com please email us with anything other than inappropriate pictures that would be phenomenal
0: Actually, I'm fine with inappropriate pictures. You can send those directly to my personal email, which is. <laughs> yeah. um, so why don't we we'll, well? Why don't we change up now and we'll go to a clip uh, of Joe Biden? Oh, trying just, to yeah. get his way through a basic conversation,
1: which is quite a task for him at this point. This is this is truly a juxtaposition to to Barack Obama. Um, so. This is what we're going to be dealing with, and this is what we're going to have to push forward for the next, how many months? Seven months now? Until we vote? Yeah. Or... Almost seven months?
0: No, because we're almost in May, and we're voting in November. So, like six. Six-ish months. We're closer okay. to six yeah. at this point.
2: Kinds of things that that have to be done. Um, you know, there's a, uh, during World War uh, you know, where Roosevelt came up with a thing uh, that, uh, you know, was totally different than a than the, the it's called he called it the, you know, the World War Two. He had the world, the, the war production board.
1: So to give you a little bit of context, that was a CNN interview with. um
0: Dr. Uh, Sanjay Gupta.
1: Yes, Dr. Sanjay Gupta and uh, uh, the uh, Silver Fox
0: Anderson. Thank Cooper.
1: you so much. I was I was looking at his face and I was like, oh my goodness, I can't. Rem- I was going to call him Koopa Troopa, <laughs> <laughs> which that, that's his actual nickname. <laughs> yes, uh, the Koopa Troopa, one of the best Mario villains of all time. Um, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that like I-
0: this is potentially our president.
1: Yes, potentially. Do you know how long the State of the Union is gonna take?
0: If oh. he's elected? <laughs> It'll be the next election at that point.
1: <laughs> it's just going to be a a like a perpetual like we're gonna to have to do it in twenty minute increments. Or it's gonna to have to be pre recorded.
0: Yeah. It's it's gonna. I think it's gonna have to be produced by Hollywood. Like they'll just be like, "All right, Joe, that was a solid take. Um, let's do lunch, and then we'll come back, and yeah. then we'll do take eighty seven of where yeah. you just get through the opening part where you thank Americans for watching." All right, that sounds
1: good. You know, I, as he's like touching the underboob of the intern. Um, the so I was I was thinking about this uh, the other night. You know how in Futurama how all the presidents are preserved, but their heads are in water. Yeah. How would Futurama? Um, how would Futurama portray a Joe Biden president?
0: Probably just an ass in a floating jar,
1: <laughs> a horse's ass.
0: Yeah, a horse's <laughs> ass in a floating jar, and it's just honestly Donald would be the same way. I mean, like I'm trying to say to myself, like
1: <laughs> challenging us to push-up contests.
0: Yeah, I just <laughs> I'm trying to see the difference between these two candidates, just in terms of how they speak to the general public, right? Mm-hmm. And there's no fucking difference. No. It's just a bunch of word salads being tossed by, you know, a bunch of like blind cooks. Like it's insane yeah. to me that these people are allowed to run for office. Like I've seen more eloquent high school shows having mm-hmm. been in some myself. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that should be able to like convey some ideas. Yeah. And then we have people like this who can't get through a basic kind of conversation with two other people.
1: He can't seem to string more than two words together without having to sit down, like look down and yeah. then recollect his thoughts.
0: And, you know, I've heard people say like, oh, it's a speech impediment that he's overcome and he
1: should be so proud and stuff like that. I don't believe that. No, he's always had a stutter. He's always had a stutter, but it's never been this egregious and he's never stopped. Mm-hmm. So um, a- as a as a school teacher, I mean, I've had students with stutters before. And from, from my experience, somebody with a stutter just talks right through it. Right, and they or, know, and they know what they're going to say, even you know, while they're trying to say it. Joe just looks like he's completely lost. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that was exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Is like I think, you know, a, a student or really anybody with a stutter, like they know what they're going to say, and then it just kind of gets like chopped up yeah. for various functions of
1: whatever uh, it might be. I, I don't, I, I don't know. Them, I'm not a speech therapist, so I can yeah. tell you.
0: But Joe Biden, however, he not only has this, you know, we'll call it a speech impediment, whatever it actually is. And then he has no idea where he's going with his sentence. So then you have like two problems in one and it's, it's unbearable.
1: Yes. Yes. And so, you know, like, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be tough because, and we're going to show, uh, we're, we're going to show, yes, like you can see us right now. We're going to, uh, we're going to give you a clip for you to listen to. Um, of Trump talking at today's coronavirus uh, briefing where he's gonna be talking about ventilators and uh, the way that he speaks is going to be so, it's gonna be piercing to, to Joe Biden. He's gonna attack him and you know kind of like the scene in Billy Madison where the kids struggling to read and he's stammering over his words and then Billy Madison turns around and goes to today junior to this thir- you know third grader mm. i feel like it's going to be the same exact thing with joe biden on stage that's joe, what I mean it's going to be really mean yeah joe's going to try and say something and uh, you know trump is going to look at him and just say what you know did you did you forget where you are you know you're you're on stage joe you're on stage. You're trying to become the president. Do you remember that, Joe? Do you remember that? And then Joe's going to, like, what is he going to do? Oh, you're a horse's ass. I, I bet I could do more push-ups than you.
0: Yeah, and then they'll both do, like, those, like, knee push-ups yes. <laughs> for
1: kids that can't really do push-ups. <laughs> so, uh, here's, the, here's the clip, and, and I know you want to talk about it as well, but uh, just listening to the president speak about these, these, you know, just in general, as opposed to what you know, uh, uh, Joe Biden can do. It's, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable to me.
0: Yeah. So if Biden's going to be able to pull this off. <laughs> it's like, and then as done? he keeps talking, you just very slowly see his soul kind of like crumble to pieces. And I bet he's thinking like, what third world country can I put myself in now just to get away from this man for a little while? Uh, but anyway, here's our current president of the United States, Donald Trump, please take it away.
2: The current conversation is uh, reminiscent of what happened on ventilators, you remember that, when requests were made far beyond what was objectively needed. We were hearing from a certain state, and we were hearing from a lot, that they needed far more ventilators. In one case, they wanted 40,000 ventilators, 40,000 it turned out that they had plenty and they had a number of about seven or eight thousand and that was plenty. We supplied them with a lot. But that was the right number. We we got it just about right.
0: So here's my big concern with what he just said, right? So he made a point to point out oh, forty thousand respirators and he's like kinda like looks at a crowd and does like, Forty thousand Yeah. Like are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Look at these doctor assholes asking for these many ventilators, like What does he think we're in this hypothetical situation, right? In his mind, I think he thinks they are the doctors are asking for all these ventilators in excess, so he thinks that they can like sell them and then make a profit off of them. Like, these are doctors trying to treat sick people. What do you think they're doing with? All of these excess ventilators that you seem to think that they're overordering.
1: Do you think that maybe in the back of his mind, he's kind of jealous because the ventilators kind of look like the Bane mask from The Dark Knight Rising? And he, <laughs> and he just and he just wants to be there and be like, hello there, COVID-19.
0: He's the exact kind of guy that would like misquote movies all the time and think he just like fucking nailed it. <laughs> You'd be like, Luke, I'm your daddy. Remember when they said that in
1: Star Wars 2? Sterical. Sterical. Just like I'm America's daddy, the best daddy.
0: So, yeah, so in that clip, that's him doing his best and I it makes me sad to say that, but that is literally his best trying to I don't know, inspire Americans during this crisis where he's just saying, "Oh yeah, we we got all the ventilators where they need to ventilate." And 40,000, are you kidding me? A little bunch of jerks asking for more ventilators. You know, it's like people are dying right now. I think it's... I don't even know what the official number is. Over 30,000. No, not deaths, but in terms of infected, I think it's like 650,000 people, something like that. Right. right? So we're over the half-million point. 40,000 ventilators doesn't seem like all that much to me to ask for nationwide. Why is that... Why is that so difficult?
1: Because I, I think it's an ego thing. He didn't think of it himself. Mm. He, somebody asked him and said, can we please have them? And, you know, he, he was like, well, why, why would you need them? Why would you need them? And, and Cuomo in New York has been very vocal in opposition to, to the president. Uh, so maybe he saw this as an opportunity to butt heads with somebody who's been oppositional. Um, that the governors are displaying true you know, leadership and power and they're taking care of their states. And I think a lot of people are looking towards their governor for guidance rather than the president. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that irks him. He's not the spotlight right now.
0: Okay. Yeah, I could see that. You know what this whole thing is reminding me of in terms of how it's being managed? You know, like Cheaper by the Dozen, the movie? Yeah. It's like Steve Martin, I think. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's like a bunch of kids um, the guy from Smallville is in it too. Superman's in that. Yeah. How about that?
1: How about that? Hilary Duff too, right?
0: Probably. I think. Hillary I Duff feel is like it. Drake Bell's in it too, but I feel like I'm <laughs> overstepping at that point.
1: No, just Drake when he was playing Toby and Degrassi. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you mean Aubrey? Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm thinking of in this is so in this stupid little metaphor that I came up with in my head, Donald Trump is Steve Martin. He's the daddy. of the house right he's supposed to be the leader um then they have the older kids running around and then like they're they're not quite as in charge as as daddy steve martin but they still have some authority over the younger siblings right Mm -hmm. those are our governors the governors are the older siblings and then everybody else that's really sick are the younger siblings except the younger siblings are all children that just have like horrible diarrhea (laughs) right and they're just running around the house yeah just there's just shit everywhere it's terrible (laughs) right steve martin daddy is like locked up in his little room and he's just thinking like i'm the best dad in the world i'm so smart and then the older kids are like hey you know there's shit everywhere are there wipes or can we get some
1: some paper towels
0: paper towels anything like that And, and he's like yeah sure of course how many do you need like Like two rolls? And they go, no, like 40,000 rolls. And he goes, you don't need 40,000 rolls to clean up this house. And it's like, you're not the one that's on the front lines and having to deal (laughs) with all of this. Give us our fucking paper
1: towels. He goes, "Well, well, how much do you need for this? Well, the problem is that once we clean this up, there's going to be more. So we need to get, we need to anticipate that more diarrhea is going to come so we can clean this up we've locked some of the children in their rooms for god knows
0: how long but we're afraid that when we let them back out there's going to be even more shit on the floor yes which leads me to i guess our third point of the show
1: (laughs) that's the title of the show people shit on the floor
0: shit on the floor (laughs) in
1: three points
0: in three acts it's an off 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 broadway production yes so Our third point of the show, how people are dealing with the quarantine, because me on a personal level, I think I'm doing okay. I am investing in my hobbies. I'm still working from home. I'm getting a lot of phone and video clients, which I'm glad to serve the community the best I can. Um, You know, we're hanging out, obviously, but... There's people in various states, uh, I'm thinking of Ohio specifically, that are not adapting well to the quarantine and are, in fact, breaking it to protest how upset they are about it.
1: Oh, that was also in Michigan, Lansing, Michigan.
0: Yep, Michigan.
1: Um, no.
0: That's your opinion on the matter? No.
1: Just no? Um, Florida is, has announced that it will be opening its beaches tonight. Right. April 17th at 8 p.m. So they've been open for 16 minutes.
0: Right. Why aren't we down there?
1: Uh, because legally, we're,
0: we're, p- legally, we're allowed to be down there.
1: Yeah. Well, we're not stupid. Um, the... Uh, it, I, the worst part about all of this is that nobody saw it coming. So it's very difficult to prepare for it.
0: The virus right? or the quarantine? The quarantining
1: and the virus. I okay. mean, the, the virus the virus is one thing and and we're starting to get some very interesting information that congress knew about this from early january that it was going to come to the united states yeah um, and i'm still surprised that nobody's talking about those few members of congress who you know were insider trading with information that this was going to be coming to the united states and then sold like millions of dollars worth of stocks yeah which is insane to me i mean um, we
0: talked about it we just don't care
1: yeah.
0: it's um it's honestly par for the course yeah
1: it's, it's, I use
0: that analogy because Donald loves his golf.
1: He does love his golf. He's terrible at it. Um, <laughs> I heard he cheats. He does cheat.
0: Like I don't know what, I don't know how, or how much. But as soon as I said that, I was like, oh yeah. Like I didn't even yeah. question it.
1: What's what's incredible? Like uh, in in North Korea, um, one of their textbooks say that Kim Jong. <laughs> the one textbook yeah, they have. Kim Jong Kim Jong Il, uh, his first round playing golf got a hole in one in the first nine holes that's in one of their textbooks. It also says that they don't defecate, but that's, that's a story for another day. So it's, it's funny that our president cheats and then tells everybody that he scored a low 60 on his golf round, which my ass. Yes. Um, he, so, you know, like, uh, uh, for the government to not be prepared for this is inexcusable. Uh, Trump and the administration fired a, a ridiculous amount of people that are pandemic experts, um, for, I don't know what reasons, but they did. Uh, So the government not being prepared is inexcusable. For us, it's different. Um, People who are getting by paycheck to paycheck, your average American is not stockpiling resources to be ready for a, you know, a pandemic flu. Because
0: nobody Uh, does that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, for us, it sucks. It's what, day 29, day 30?
0: I don't even know. I I didn't do the stereotypical, like, carving the days on the wall with, like, a butter knife, I find. You know, <laughs> I I don't know what day, and the, here's the thing, though. I don't care what day it is. The fact of the matter is, there's this fucking virus that's just washing over this country, and the rest of the world for that matter. Just don't don't fucking spread it. Just yes. stay inside or stay within your circle, which I'm sure is probably something that's going to happen in terms of like relaxing the quarantine. I'm pretty yep. sure they'd be like, yeah, you can visit family and friends, but you know, work is still off. No big events you know yeah. hold off on the weddings and stuff like that and like i'm down for that right because at this point if my family and friends have either come in contact with it or haven't like i don't know how much longer yeah they could avoid it you know if if they haven't already mm-hmm. you know but getting back to places like ohio and michigan like we were just checking donald trump's Twitter before and he tweeted something along the lines of like liberate Michigan, yes. liberate Ohio. What are you liberating from? He I, like this, life so they catch it and die.
1: Like what? this is and, and this is what, you know, it, I was watching an interview with these people who were who were protesting and they were I mean diehard maga supporters. Right. Diehard maga supporters. Maggots. Yes. Um with an M, not an F. Yes. Uh they I mean, they would do anything. I mean, it's a cult of personality at this point. But, you know. Well, it's just a cult. Yes. It, it, he, and this is what I, was, what I was trying to reference before with, with Cuomo, is I, I don't think that he can handle that somebody else is making decisions and it's impacting the country. That it's impacting his supporters. And now that he's seeing his, his approval ratings starting to drop, I think he's almost at 58% disapproval for, for um, his coronavirus response which wow. is I mean it's just
0: it's, that's actually it's, higher than I thought
1: uh
0: in terms of I think I thought people would be more more in favor more in favor of him just because I can't guess what's gonna happen in the world yeah, anymore
1: he um I mean it, it was bad it took a very long time for it to dip below 50 um it if the world was sane it would be I mean well below I believe like well below 7580 but um it's 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 terrifying. Um, so I, I just think that he can't handle the fact that, that there are some governors out there that are making strong decisions and trying to keep their people safe. And he's just trying to supersede them.
0: I, would, I don't don't get his, his angle on it, right? So you, he has supporters in Ohio. He has supporters in Michigan. He has mm-hmm. supporters in every state, right? Why would he be telling these people like, hey, break the quarantine? Swing state. Swing no, state. but like my point is typically they're older. Typically, they're not in good health. So he's telling these people to leave their houses, catch this virus, die. They believe him. And then he has less people voting for him. Like, he, he just from a practical point of view, it doesn't make any fucking
1: sense. He, There was the, the deputy governor of Texas, as well as the president, came. I think it was about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. They were saying that people should be willing to put their lives on the line for the American economy. Mm-hmm. And when you have, when you can tell your people, yeah, go out there. I'm going to support you. You protest against those. I mean, those are his supporters. What is he going to do? Condemn them? Yeah. He's not going to, he's just going to tell the supporters anything that they want to hear. So they're going to go out there. They're going to protest. He's going to be like, yeah, liberate, liberate Virginia, liberate uh, Michigan, liberate, where was the other one? Tennessee, or I don't remember what the other state was. Um, I'd believe that though. Yeah. He, he's going for this. Because if these people go out and catch the virus and die, he'll say that these people died for the the reopening of the United States, that people, oh. these people were martyrs for the American economy. They're heroes.
0: Oh man, that is so dark. Yes. I, oh, that makes my stomach hurt. And
1: like, you know what's going to happen if that's yeah, the case. Yeah,
0: I'm going to, I'm, you know, we'll check back in next week and we'll see what happened. If we could even find those individual people and see what I like, I don't want them to get sick. But
1: a polling member or a, or a polling work, a polling place worker in uh, Wisconsin just mm. died from COVID nineteen mm. because the DNC forced everybody to vote that day. Right. And then they afterwards they're like we were regretful in our actions. We shouldn't have done that. We're so sorry. You just killed somebody. There's blood on the DNC's hands.
0: <laughs> I mean. There's probably tons of blood. Yeah, but there's fresh blood and blood. skeleton. Yeah. Fresh blood. There's fresh blood. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um it's just unbelievable.
0: I like I just And I, I think that kind of goes back into the idea of like voting by mail and how they really didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's just so despicable. It's it's what's gonna be terrible is, you know, in like let's say twenty years down the road, right? So I will be forty seven You know, maybe I'm married, maybe I have a kid, and that kid's going to ask me, what was going on at this time? Like, what was the world like? Was everybody banding together to get rid of this virus as fast as possible? And I have to look this beautiful child in the eyes and tell them, no, because while other countries kind of had their shit together.
1: Singapore and Korea, shout out to them.
0: Yeah, which I hope we get some listeners there, because that would be insane. That would be awesome. Our country decided that we're going to pass, like, trillions of dollars in spending. And, because you know, it, it couldn't get any worse, right? Because, like, we're dealing with a global pandemic and now we're also going into a recession slash possibly a depression.
1: 22 million people unemployed as of this week.
0: Yeah. And rather than bail out the American people, they're going to bail out all of these corporations and there's, like, zero transparency where any of this money is going, and it's just, it's just gonna go to CEOs and shareholders and all of the and stock options, like yeah, you know, god awful people that don't deserve this money. Meanwhile, people are just gonna die.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You and know, nobody's gonna bat an eye, and the people who are gonna get in trouble are the scapegoats for the CEOs.
0: The interns. Yep.
1: Our intern. Uh, you're you're okay, intern. Don't worry. You might be okay. Yeah.
0: but I, I, you know, I saw this interesting. I guess it was a tweet. It was a meme, maybe. I don't even know. It's all the same, right? Like there's there's just like one internet website. Yes, you know, and it's all congregates there. It, it's Reddit. It, it, it's Reddit. Reddit's the internet now. Um, But basically, it was the idea that the American people have become so housebroken that they're willing to leave their house in the middle of a pandemic, not to protest cool things like UBI, uh, living wage, health care. You know, uh, just anything, anything that could be positive. And instead, they are going to leave their houses because they don't want to be home anymore because they're bored. Yeah. Like, what? What a world. I see Trees of Green. What is it? Clouds of White. Yes. Oh, what a wonderful world.
1: No. What
0: was he smoking when he wrote that? What time era was that that I could at least have some semblance of like, yeah, I guess he was right.
1: Louis Armstrong, great great friend of the show.
0: Yeah, friend of the show, <laughs> Louis Armstrong, friend of the show. Louis, what were you talking about? Where Were you in Paris when you wrote that song?
1: <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Who knows?
0: So, right before we go, Jake, I want to ask you on air if you're willing to take this bet. Okay. Whatever side you take, I'll take the opposite because that okay. only makes it fun.
1: Okay. By the way, I've never heard this bet before for yeah. the listeners. This yeah. is this is all it's new. It's a surprise. Yeah.
0: Okay. So obviously we have an election coming up in November. Yeah. It's going to be Trump versus Biden. Do you think that Joe Biden is going to win? Yes or no? No. So you don't think he's going to win? As of right now, like okay. if,
1: if the election was tomorrow. Yeah. I do not think Joe Biden wins.
0: All right. So I will take the opposite, where I say he. I think he will win, and it's actually my true belief. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not happy about it, mind you. It's just what I think will happen. Yeah. Do you accept that bet?
1: What's the What's the wager?
0: The wager. It's not money. It's a nice
1: dinner. Fine. Deal. All
0: right. We're shaking hands. Yes. Um. All right. So I guess that that wraps it up for us this week. Yep. Uh, again, our email is Closet Socialist Podcast. At gmail.com. It's the name of the show at gmail.com. Um, send us anything you want, basically. Yeah. Um, if there's a special topic you want us to cover, if you just want to chat, if you want yeah. to ask us some
1: questions. Yeah, we'll be more than happy to read them on air.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely read them. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, also, send us feet pics. Uh, we're out. We're <laughs> out.